Has the Commission been appraised of this issue? What is, what is the Commission's view of this incident? The Commission also became aware of this incident through the media, um, you know, um, because thus far we've not, as far as, uh, you know, from our information, we haven't received any complaints in this regard, you know, specific complaints around this one. Um, where someone lodged a formal complaint, uh, that doesn't exclude the possibility of the Commission, of course, launching an own initiative investigation into this particular matter. Mm. Um, unfortunately, the Commissioner that's responsible for this particular focus area is currently in a meeting, and um, I will be chatting to him a little later on, either uh, later on this afternoon or this evening, uh, to look at that possibility as well. So what would be... Uh, you know, uh, the litmus test of whether or not there's a real issue for the commission to investigate, especially against the backdrop of racism, allegations of racism. I think there's a couple of things that we need to take into account here. I mean, we had a similar incident erupting in Pretoria Girls High, if I can remind you, last year. Mm. And the commission actually issued a statement on that and made made its voice very clear on it is the fact that, of course, we, we agree that schools need to have some type of code of conduct, um, means of discipline, means of uh, maintaining uniformity. And typically what we see is uh, boys' hair should be short, young girls' hair should be in, I don't know, uh, ponytails or whatever the case is. But I think that, um, and, and the Commission is of the view, that we should also be sensitive and aware of the fact that we have different people with different hair textures, uh, different ways of obviously expressing themselves in that way, and we're not saying that it should necessarily be um, a free fall, and, and and you know everyone can just have fun and you know uh, go to school with purple hair if they wished. Uh, that is not the issue. The issue is our schools and their um, codes of conduct sensitive enough and accommodative enough to cater for various um, uh, races and various religions, uh, various. Uh, ethnicities as well. And a typical example, for example, is headscarves for, for Muslim learners, um, you know, the the, the, uh, the red dot for, or the dot for Hindu learners. Um, some schools actually, you know, ban these. And, and the question that we have to ask ourselves is how constitutional is that, in fact? Mm. And just as a society, what is the Human Rights Commission's um, stand on this issue? Because there are those who say, if you look at some of uh, the school's code of conduct that have uh, a, a sexist or gender biased uh, a slant to it, even a, a racist a slant to it. So what would be the equilibrium? So what the commission has done is that the commission has, um, uh, you know, they made it absolutely clear that schools need to look at their uh, codes of conduct and they need to align those with uh, the Bill of Rights. In other words, that uh, schools need to look at what they have in front of them in terms of what they set out, um, in terms of their, um, you know, the way that uh, young people are supposed to conduct themselves at school, and ask themselves, does it measure up to the Bill of Rights? That obviously grants us our various uh, constitutional rights. Um, and unfortunately, we find that many schools, um, in fact, the vast majority of schools, will probably fall short of that particular litmus test. I mean, uh, do schools, for example, cater for trans learners? you know, through their uniform policy, through their bathroom policy. And then these are some of the things that schools really need to start thinking about and sensitizing themselves about and thinking about. Mm. And that's precisely that, especially if you're given uh, stereotypes in society, how uh, women and girl children are allowed to uh, feel about their looks and not their intellectual cap- capabilities or capacities.
I mean, I don't know if a, a school code of conduct per se uh, in your, you know, in your every school, and please note that, you know, I, I'm, I'm making reference here to your every school, and I think that's what the commission also has in mind, necessarily reinforces those types of uh, gender stereotypes. Um, and I think that if you had to really assess it, you'll find that there's probably a spectrum across the field where in some instances there's, uh, you know, recognition and an encouragement of, of um you know, young women not being reduced to just the way they look and what their appearance can get for them in life. Um, But in other instances, that might be the case, that, you know, young girls are told that, listen, all that you have going for yourself is marrying a man or, you know, know, having a man rescue you, so to speak. So, I mean, I think it's important. I don't necessarily think that that is the reinforcement of a school code of conduct, but really the attitude within a school and maybe the cultural mm. practices and norms within that particular context. Banyaz Ali Sufi uh, went on a visit to Windsor House Academy in Kempton Park on the East Rand. He says management at the school have agreed to suspend their controversial hair policy for three months to allow for a consultative process. He joins us now on the line. A very good uh, evening to you, MEC, and thank you so much for speaking to us. Let's first start with so what sparked your visit, how the complaints reached you. Well, uh, I was inundated by calls from parents and learners themselves to say that they feel they are being discriminated and they are requesting us to come and protect them. Uh, and then we made contact with the school and the school accepted that we can come. And that's the reason we went to the school uh, today to, to really deal with this matter because it's a very sensitive matter. And we feel that we need to appropriately address and need to depart as quickly as possible. And were you, did you find that the practice is widespread? I doubt, you know, uh, from the lesson we learned last year from Pretoria High School for Girls, I really believe majority of our schools revisited their policies, but those were mainly public schools. Um, I think private schools felt that this is not going to happen within their own school, so they left it hanging. And that's the reason we went to this school, because this is a private school, and then and, and when we brought it to their attention, they immediately accepted that the policies are outdated, and need to be revisited. Mm. What was the policy? What were you told is the actual policy vis-a-vis the complaints you received? Basically, uh, the policy will not accommodate or there is no single black hair that will survive that policy. Uh, it insists uh, that the hair must be in a certain format. And you know, uh, black hair, uh, especially in a windy situation, uh, it becomes difficult to maintain and to control it according to the regulations or the rules of the school. And that's the reason why we felt that uh, it needs to be accommodated, it needs to change. And I'm glad that the school accepted our position and therefore have agreed that they will change the policy immediately. Hmm. So you're telling me, MEC, that despite the furore around what happened at Pretoria uh, Girls High, around the hair issue last year, that this school, uh, Windsor House Academy, persisted with a policy on black hair that would be deemed discriminatory? Indeed. So what were the reasons that these girls were told to go home? And I'm wondering, was this the first time they were told to go home because their hair no. was in a particular condition? So this was a situation where you comply or you walk out. Uh, and that is why even uh, school teachers could not comply with kicked out of the school. And we really feel it is unfair. It really undermines uh, their right to dignity. It also undermines uh, uh, equality. It undermines uh, uh, all principles related to non-sexism and, and non-racialism. So we had no choice but to immediately intervene and 
bring to the attention of the school that this policy is outdated and need to go. Hmm. Now, obviously, as you mentioned as well, there's a whole issue of uh, public versus private schools. Uh, and this speaks to the autonomy, at least perceived pot- autonomy of what schools are allowed to do and not do. Uh, so you're asking them to review the policy. Is this something that can be dictated to? Non-racialism and human rights are human rights whether in a private or in a public school. Human rights are human rights, and our deal of human rights must be respected by everyone. Our constitution must be respected by, by everyone. So uh, we're very clear that they need to change, and, and that's why they've accepted. You can't discriminate on something that uh, people have no control on. So you, you, you can't even uh, use color, uh, because let us... The fact that it should take a visit from the Gauteng Education MEC for the school to realize that there's something very wrong with this policy. How much more then do schools who uh, have subliminally racist uh, policies or even um, ways of doing things that are not written down, that this kind of behavior persists and will continue to persist? Let me take this opportunity to really advise, especially our private or independent schools. It's the time they review those rules. Uh, those rules are outdated, and the code of conduct are completely against our constitutional, our constitution. And that's the reason why we're taken to court on our religious policies within our schooling environment. Because people believe everything that they think is right for themselves. They don't really care if it affects other people negatively or undermines their dignity. They really believe if it suits me, it's right, and therefore I'm going to implement it. So we want to urge our schools uh, to really, really go back to their code of conduct and review this matter. I won't vouch to be so that all our schools are clean. Uh, I still believe there are other schools that are still insisting on rules or regulations that are discriminatory or undermine mm. the dignity of other learners. Let me give you an example, MEC. Uh, a mother, distraught mother, came to me recently and says, you know, my child is very well accomplished in terms of sports. This is somebody who actually has their national colors in several sporting colors, disciplines. Yeah. But at school level, her child is then uh, put off the medal list. And she says uh, the, the, the teachers will not give her the results of whatever sports her child undertakes, but they'll always give it to uh, a white child. And when she questions this, she says, okay, fine, let's not make it a race issue can i at least see the results of why my child who has national colors is not even being recognized here at school they deny her that so i'm just speaking in instances such as that where you suspect that there are racial undertones you suspect that there's something untoward but you can't really pin it down it's not only that and i fully concur with our parents because i've been undated by calls of parents especially when we have to award uh, not only sporting medals, but also academic medals, you know. You go to some of these uh, academic functions, uh, you really feel that there is a certain pattern that people want to protect and there is a certain pattern that people believe is the correct pattern. So we, we want to put up a team that they have to evaluate and go through uh, these things within the sporting fraternity, fraternity, as well as within the, the academic world. We really believe something untoward is happening and we need to nip it in the butt and attend to it. And we are saying to people, there is no need. All these children are our children. There is no need to insist that a certain race must be seen to be dominant against another race. We belong to this country, and our children are the future. 
our own problems must not be transferred to these children. These children must be allowed to express themselves and live in an environment that would ensure that the spirit of Utah and Nelson Mandela will prosper. So we have to attend to these things. And I can tell you, it's trips internationally. It's fundraising events. Many things within the schooling environment that we believe need a complete overhaul or else they will create problems for all of us. Thank you so much for speaking to us, Gauteng Education, MEC.